What's up and welcome to episode 4 of How Not to Summon a Podcast. I'm Shinny Senpai and this week I'm joined by that guy who's still trying to punch a comet, Jim. Hey everyone. And that man who wishes he was a woman for a day, Grayson. You alright gang? And this week we're going to be talking about the movie, Your Name. This movie was the best-selling movie of 2016, and it made $358 million. That is a considerable amount more than Pokemon the first movie made. I think uh, Pokemon the first movie made $175 million. Yep, that is, that is Marvel territory right there. And that shows how popular this anime movie was, especially for the time as well. Considering how popular Pokemon was... Back in the day, across the globe, that shows, actually, to be fair, how much the scope of anime has increased across the world as well. Ten-year difference, three times the amount of money. Yeah, yeah, that is. And it's only been knocked off his perch in 2020 by the Demon Slayer movie, which made $387 million. So only just. I hadn't actually heard of the Demon Slayer movie until you mentioned it. Really good series as well. So the genre of your name is, it's a romantic fantasy. Uh, We like fantasy here. We love fantasy here. We're always about the fantasy. It's hard to find an anime that's not a fantasy these days, really. So the director who wrote and directed it is Makoto Shinkai. And he's also known for doing other movies, quite recent movies, like Five Centimeters Per Second and Weathering With You. Five Centimeters Per Second? I think I've seen. It's a really good movie as well. Do you look at your trousers? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's how fast it falls to the floor. (laughs) (laughs) so the studio that picked this up is comics wave films and they actually work really close to makoto shinkai because they're the studio that's also done every movie so every movie he's written and directed they picked up the two main characters that we focus on is taki tachibana and he is voiced by michael sin sinbad cinderquill cinderquill Michael Sinternicholas. St. Nicholas? Sure. Sinternicholas. This guy's a floor boss. Yeah. <laughs> I swear he got fought by... Uh, Kirito. Kirito, yeah. <laughs> Some yeah, of the only stuff I found that he did was he was Leonardo in the 2003 series of Teenage Mutant Ninja Shut Turtles. Shut up! Yeah. I'm a huge Turtles fan. I probably know this guy. It's uh, Other than that, his work's kind of patchy. He only comes around about the 25th of December, doesn't he? Do you know who voices Leonardo now? No. It's Jim from American Pie. Oh, God. <laughs> so the second character is Mitsu- Mitsuha Miyamizu. Well done. Yep, using well your done. words. And she's voiced by Stephanie Shea. And she's also known for being Hinata in Naruto. And she's also Mikaru in the melancholy of Haru. Haruhi Suzumiya. Yeah, that's the one. Fucking love Haruhi Suzumiya. Well, I didn't know that. I really didn't. I didn't even guess the voice when we were actually watching it, to be fair. She sounds nothing like Suzumiya. Yeah. Nothing no, like her. Bravo her. Bravo. So before we go into the film itself, I've just got to say, the opening sequence to this film and the soundtrack just to start the film off is sensational. Can we just all agree the visuals of this entire movie and the soundtrack to this entire movie are incredible, are spectacular. 
There was a lot of money spent on the visuals. So of this much, movie. and it so shows, much it shows because it's just visually a just a treat. To be fair, the only one that comes up into comparison for this one for me is a uh, Grim Gower Fantasy of Ash, which was a different style. of Which visual. was a very different style of visual, but again, striking visuals. Yeah, no, I agree. So we go into the first part of the movie, and this is when you kind of get an inkling that something's not right almost straight away because. We get Mizuha wake up and there's this whole like boob grab moment and she gets up and she's like, what's going on? Stands in the mirror naked. There are two types of anime fans. I was very um, confused by the start, to be honest. Do you think? I think it just gave you the reference of, I think this is a body swap. It it feeds you it straight away. It throws you in the deep end of what it's supposed to be without hiding it, which is nice. And there's no build up to it being a body swap movie. No. Okay. There's no there's no pre-explanation straight away or no. anything like that. But it doesn't need it. Yeah. You're smart enough to work it out as the movie goes along. It wants that puzzle to unfold without it being, you know, the uh, standard Western body swap between mum and daughter and yeah. other crappy movies. I get that you guys liked it, um, that it drops it straight into it, but for me it was a little bit jarring of the context. It was very jarring quite quickly. I, I think like, it's supposed to be, though. Yeah, like I had to think about it as soon as the movie had started and actually to be fair i was like hold on a minute we were just talking about a falling star and now we're in a bedroom and there's boob grabbing going on but that's modern movies they give you the context of something earlier much later so that falling star which you probably didn't think much yeah, of, a was a huge part of the movie later on yeah, it was a payoff later yeah, on. yeah exactly which you wouldn't normally have if they didn't have this type of intro I mean, it drops it straight away almost with the next scene anyway, because the next scene is she wakes up and um, then it's filled with like when she's going through the house, there's like comments of, oh, you're back to normal the daughter, today. And the daughter, uh, the sister, the yeah. sister. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a day jump. We get a day jump, basically. So nothing that we saw right at the start is explained. We just jump to the next day. No, and I, I did enjoy the context of her being confused about what people were saying she'd been up to the day before. We also get that little hint on the TV broadcast about the comet. That's the first time it's mentioned, obviously, other than the visual right at the start. I do like the little snippets because you don't realise until later on in the movie how important the comet is actually to the movie. You, you don't pay attention to them at all. You think they're just standard background noise to just fill, yeah. a, fill a room and like make it more realistic and living. You're more focused on this whole, oh, you're back to normal today, body swapping thing that's going on yeah because there's again there's more references throughout that day when she's initially woke up there's more references in school all her friends are like oh you're a bit different than you were yesterday and then there's the notebook as well with the message in it of who are you it was the actually the bit with the teacher just before that when they're talking about twilight golden hour or the magic hour again a little snippet of something that that lingered a bit too much. Yeah. You knew that was going to be important much later on because the teacher subtle. focused so hard on it. It, was on, it, was, it wasn't It was. subtle. I but can't again, say that was part of my school life, talking about a witching hour. No. No, you are right. <laughs> Although, to be fair, uh, at my school, we did have to exercise a lot of demons most of the time. We also see that her dad's the mayor as well when she leaves school. Um, and we also get a hint that he's a complete dick. He's a prick. Yeah. An absolute prick. A massive prick. I actually, from the start of the movie, I was like, is this her dad? Like, where was he at the start when she woke up? Wasn't at home. Instantly, you're like, okay, there's a family dynamic going on here. 
and also she references constantly how, how much she hates her life where she's living as well which it's a beautiful village it's a grass is greener kind of scenario i think he loves that quieter life and she wants the hustle and bustle of a city life she also references um when she's talking about how much she hates her life she also references that in her next life she'd like she'd like to meet a tokyo boy you're on about the shrine aren't you when they're up at the shrine no that's because she runs she runs out and uh well after she's done the weird thing with the rice and that which again you don't really pay attention to you just think it's context and actually world building but actually again has meaning and context for later the whole opening sort of act should i say of this whole thing is just rich with tradition as well japanese tradition is just throughout this whole initial opening sequence of how traditional she is and her grandma is and the family is but also has the snippets of the clash with her father of modern there's actually a modern world in this as well because they they live a more very traditional lifestyle while you can tell that the father is more of a politician for a start you do you do feel like it's a slow start to the film i will say it does feel because there's a lot of like everyday school life thing going on and and you feel like oh when's something gonna happen it's a subtle start yeah it drops hints and gives a lot of nudges to you to say, well, this is what's going on. Here's little snippets of information that don't really seem to make sense at the moment, but see what happens. But this all highlights just how wonderful the plot is. From the word go, you're getting your snippets, and it does fall into place. The next part is when we're introduced to Taki, the male character. We get this whole, again, with the boob grab, we get this whole penis grab scene. Yeah, the the male version, again, two types of anime fans. What was the first thing that he does in that, or she does? Okay, hold on a minute, this could get confusing. She does in his body. Yeah, she does in his body is like... Take a, a piss. I have, I, have, I have a penis. Well, I found it Let's really weird how she just fell straight into the role. Yeah, she was very comfortable very quickly. Well, she just gets ready for school and goes off. And I was right, like, Which okay. way around would this be easier? Would it be easier for a boy to inhabit a girl's body or would it be easier for a girl to inhabit a boy's body? Girl to boy. I think it would be easier for a girl to be a lad. Yeah, I think for a lad it would be very distracting to be a girl. (laughs) What does that mean? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he is correct on this. Don't don't soften your words, (laughs) Sheenie. I can't continue, I'll get in trouble. (laughs) One thing would be that the first thing when wearing a skirt, like, I'd literally be like... It would be little things like that. None of us us are going to fall straight into the role. No, I think... A girl acting like a lad, that stereotype is a lot more acceptable than what a lad thinks a girl stereotype is. Well, yeah, because he's just going to come across as a sensitive guy. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, you can see how I'm sitting. If I was wearing a skirt, we would be having several problems if I was inside a classroom. That is also referenced, though, later on, where where he's trying to etiquette-wise, and his friend's like, shut your legs. (laughs) He also goes to work as well. Or she, he, he goes to work she and his body goes yep. to work falls straight into the role again just goes off to work like it's because she thinks she's dreaming about a life in tokyo i did one thing uh, that i really enjoyed when she goes into taki's body is the scene when she comes out from the house and then you get that little montage of tokyo the beautiful yes yeah, scenic, scenic yeah that's the one and like the art style and how that's all done and the music the like slow build of uh it was very uh, new york 
Yes, a Very hustle and bustle sort of type music, and it was really nice. I did like the cafe part as well, when she goes to work for him. Was that a dog cafe? There was two dogs there, and I was like, this it is a dog cafe. Dog friendly. It looked quite high-end, really. Well, it no, looked I... very high-end. She says it's high-end, doesn't it, with the prices? Well, she was like, the prices? And they were like, yeah, maybe like 20 years ago. And then there's the... They do reference a time frame there, yeah. Yeah, and then there's the dick guy with the cocktail stick. and Yeah. Yeah, what did you guys think of that moment? Because when I looked at it, I was like, no... If I worked in that restaurant, I wouldn't be like, I'm so sorry. No, we don't have cocktail sticks in this restaurant. Like, that couldn't get in there. The fact she knew that on day one of work is quite surprising. Yeah, it was a bit weird. Well, it might be common knowledge. To be fair, I don't really pay attention to cocktail sticks in restaurants and that. We're also introduced to Miss Okadira as well, which is the love interest, kind of. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be like a a child's first puppy love i don't think it's supposed to be a real love what did you guys think about the way that a lot of the friends and people that he was around almost accepted it like oh no here he is again tucky the airhead and that again i don't know if your friend body swapped or anything like that would you notice yeah yeah you would you would notice a massive difference between what they normally are like and what they're being like today yeah even the scene when he's in the restaurant with his friends and he's like uh where do i work again yeah that'd be the first thing we'd be like maybe you should go to a hospital (laughs) i think you've had like you know a stroke or something (laughs) but actually something that i quite enjoyed with his friends is when he was at school and they made the egg sandwich for him and he's like uh Shall, uh, how, how are you feeling today? Or he seems weird again today. And then his mate's like, I don't know, he's kind of cute. What did oh, you, yeah, did, that was a weird Did you guys moment? get that yeah. bit? I was like, is he like well happy with Tucky? Or what's going on with that? Yeah, I didn't get that bit. It was definitely a reference. Definitely a reference. One thing she does in his body as well, which is really necessary for the film, is that she starts the journal entries. And also there's the other bit on the other hand where they start writing on each other's hands as well. So the whole messaging system starts in this part as well once she's finished the work. This takes a leapfrog. It goes from a simple journaling system to somehow and somewhere they exchanged phone numbers and stuff and there's no context to that at all. It it leaps from you know, writing each other on messages on their arms montage. and leaving stuff. It doesn't it's a happen. montage thing. It, it doesn't happen. Later. Much later. We also only see snippets of when they're body swapping as well. So there's the art class scene where he goes in her body and kicks off during the middle of art class as well. That's another moment that as a friend, you'd be like, well, that's definitely not my friend. No. And it's a very boy thing to do. That, that level of teen, teen angst is like a physical anger is a, is a lad thing. Initially, we're supposed. To, are we supposed to think that Taki's like a lad's lad and gets into fights all the time? I think we're supposed to, yeah. But he Be- doesn't act like it. No, when we actually get moments of him, we don't really get that sort of boyish lad who likes to fight. He seems like a bit of a reclusive sort of quiet guy. But do you think that it's because he is spending time in a girl's body? Because we jump into it, there's a reputation that you he's got. Do you think that changes him? Yeah, I think he's got a reputation of being a lad's lad, but throughout time when we jump in that reputation is no longer the person he is miss okadira references yeah, that as well does, doesn't yeah. she like oh, you used to be so like wanting a fight and lads lad and yeah and then he's you've got a feminine side, side. that's yeah you got feminine side that's, that's the one yeah the whole bit ends with the realization that they they're swapping bodies that is sort of the end of the act for me they realize very quickly that they're body swapping and they're okay with it 
I would, first question would be, what the hell? How has this happened? What's going on? What did I do to cause this? Which they never talk about in this. They never reference how this starts. They do. The grandmother grandmother references it much later on. Yeah, it's like a family trait that all the women on that side of the family swap bodies with someone. I did pick that up. The grandma was telling stories how her, her mother did it. I may and have missed it pissed that. her dad off or something, didn't yeah. it? I may have missed that reference then. So after they've come to terms with the body swap, we get the musical montage. Oh, great song. Great, great song. Great song. This moment for me was the moment where if this wasn't a movie, it, this could have been a series. This could have been an anime Definitely. series based yeah. on based on obviously the storyline itself. But the musical montage is placed in here, obviously, because they run out of time because the movie's long enough as it is. This could have been handled better because we don't get enough of this body swapping living in each other's bodies. But I think that's why, because we think this is going to be the body swap movie. But as you will say later on, it's not. This is not a body swapping Freaky Friday. Oh, let's figure out how to sort ourselves out movie. Yeah. We find out they swap two to three times a week as well. Um, there's tons of boob crabs as well. He just, he's relentless. Every time. He is relentless. Every time. I get it. <laughs> I get it. Who doesn't love him? But if you're in that body and you, it's your body, it's not someone else's. No, I'm doing it. You're <laughs> not <laughs> doing it every day. I'm at, doing at it. At some point, it becomes routine. No. Nope. It just... It, exactly, so you keep doing it. You keep doing it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I said routine, not habit. There's a difference. Also, I do enjoy the bit where he... Um, even does say, oh, should I do this? And then she opens the door, her sister opens the door, and he's just there, of course, touching himself up. They also create the rules, which is brilliant as well, because that's exactly what you'd want to do. You do you'd want to lay out some sort of set of rules. However, it doesn't seem like they follow them, really, because he, they both specifically say, or claim at the end of this sort of musical montage, I don't want a relationship. With but, that person? But when she's in his body, she's trying to create a relationship with Miss Okadira. For him. For him. But I think it's, again, she mentions that she wants to live the lifestyle of a Tokyo boy. I think this is her doing that in a way that she would do it. Yeah, but would you want her meddling in relationship? But don't we see that in in him? He he kind of is reluctant yet. But goes with it. He never seems grateful that she's done it. He just kind of goes along with it as because he's got to. Yeah. I said he's a very sedate sort of person. He's not 100% behind anything that she sort of does for him. And one thing that we do actually see with uh, Taki is he doesn't really have a defined goal. Even though we see that Mitsuha has, um, she wants to be this high-flying Tokyo boy, we don't actually have any goals behind what Taki is trying to uh, achieve in Mitsuha's body yeah in the movie description that I read um, apparently he tries to sort of help her with her popularity at school but I don't feel like we saw that we never see that no it almost looks like he doesn't do anything for her really but do you think that's because he's stuck in a modern way whereas she is more old school and traditional so he just wouldn't know how to do any of it could be the next major scene that we see is his shrine visit in her body when she goes off or he goes off with the grandma and the sister off to the shrine, which becomes super relevant later on. That's a bloody long trek as well, by the way. It's like at least a couple of minutes just to get up to the shrine in the movie. And we also see she places that spit sake in the temple as well, which unbeknownst to us is incredibly important. Also incredibly gross. 
Yeah, yeah. that was super gross. They, they chew rice and spit it into a pot to turn it into pretty much vodka. I said, okay. I said there's a yeah, lot of traditional stuff going it's on. It's disgusting. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie. When I saw it, I was like, could I do this at home and actually see if this worked? I was really tempted after seeing it. I was like, this is traditional. I want to try <laughs> there's it. There's something wrong with wow. you. There's something wrong with you. <laughs> I'd like to try it. I want to drink spit. But hold on. We need to think about if we ever have sake, where's it come from? Rice. It's made differently it's, now. It's rice wine. I don't believe you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see this. I'm going to try it. I will oh, try it. Do you it. think it's traditionally drank warm because it is spit? Possibly. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> right, us in. Let us know. So it jumps after this right uh, trine visit and it jumps into his date. And we see that she set him up this date that he's fine going on, apparently. He was fine, apparently, with the whole process of him getting into a relationship. Which doesn't seem like a very good date, by the way, well, at all. We also see her cry in front of the mirror. And uh, I mean, initially, my thought was she's jealous because she even turns around and says, like, this should have been my date. But if you get it, then you've got to handle it properly. And so I initially thought, oh, she's jealous because she can't go on the date. But obviously, we find out that might not be the case. Yeah, no, it, it does seem like when she's there and she realizes oh actually i've done all this work and i'm not getting any payoff for it it does seem like she has either a regret that she's not there to do it or that it was something that she actually wanted to do because she does like miss okadera i think it's supposed to be that she's internally upset that tacky's going on a date could be could be because she started to develop this feeling for tacky because of the how personal their relationship is the fact that you are inside each other's bodies but at this point we're in it for months now aren't we this this isn't some fleeting thing there's journal entries in their phones that yeah, go for months and months and months this isn't no this is no longer a new thing and if they've been exchanging a lot of stuff they've got to know each other and i think it's about three weeks guys I think it's about three weeks because the first thing you see is a reference of the comet and then at the end of it is the comet and they say it's about two weeks away or three weeks away. I thought it was much longer I, than I that. I couldn't say. I, don't I know. think it is. I think it is because they talk. But the first thing you see is the comet. I was going to say, to be two, fair, the news report right at the beginning when they first swap is about the comet. So And they're yeah. saying it's nearing. So actually, to be fair, yeah, it hasn't yeah, been Yeah, it might long. not be then. Well, that's just even weirder. A bit in the um, the date that I did like was uh, he sees the photo of the lake as they're in the art gallery. I yeah, love that little, and he, little... he focuses. He like freezes for a second. Yeah, because he's that's like a, a really early sign that he's genuinely believes it at this point. You yeah. kind of think he's half and half, but he sees the photo and he's like, shit. Yeah, and the other hint is at the end of the date where Miss Okadira turns around to him and says. There's someone else you like, isn't there? Yeah, she says that, oh, you always had a crush on me, didn't you? Which is why I said that I think that the date didn't go very well because I think she realises that this guy's not really into this date. Or he just wasn't paying attention. Or it just wasn't him that she yeah. fell for to go on the date with anyway. Which is very possible because he, when he's in his own body, he seems very timid, he doesn't seem very open, he doesn't Plutsy. seem... Yeah, he doesn't seem very able to talk to women. Then all of a sudden, the next day, he's able to talk to Miss Okadera easily. Because it's a girl talking to a girl. That's why it's so easy. But after this scene, that's when he finally decides to pick up his phone. And he's like, I'm going to call Mitsuha. Which we never see them exchange numbers, but apparently they've Apparently they numbers. did, yeah. And this gives us a first real huge hint about the movie. Well, it, it cuts the... off to the to her 
going to the festival. It confused yeah. me. And then you get lack of cell service. It confused me, by it's the way. It's supposed to confuse you because this is the bomb drop moment. Yeah, well, when, when he phones up and it's like there is no cellular service, I was like, But they are what? getting ready for a meteor shower. So you are supposed to believe that there wouldn't be cell service because of what's going going on. Well, she texts him and says at this time the meteor will be in the sky. And he's like, what's she on about? And you it's see the middle her, of the day. Yeah, you see her standing there watching the meteor and you see him on the bridge and nothing's in the sky. And then, then you're like, hold on a minute, what, what's going on? Time travel. That's, and that's then, the first bit that you realise is not in the same time. Well, spoiler alert. <laughs> Fucking hell. You get the body swap stops, which is that cut off. She's there, the meteor splits. There's this, she has that look of horror and then you get him saying cell, so, uh, cell phone service not happening. And it's like, oh shit, what's happened? And then he turns around and references the body swaps stopped from that point on. For like three weeks, wasn't it? And they then just finally, stopped. yeah, it was like three weeks and he doesn't know where it is. So he starts drawing everything, doesn't he? Yeah, if you're body swapping with somebody for weeks on end, you're going to know their name. You're going to know where they live. You're going to know where it is exactly. You're going to know everything about them, are you not? Yeah. Surely you could literally go to Facebook and put in their phone number and chances are they're going to have a profile or something. I think the whole point is that she was in a podunk backwater town which didn't really have Facebook and stuff like but that. But it shows her socials on her phone. Are you sure they're yeah, socials she's got, for... Yeah, she's got like an iPhone looking thing. Yeah. And it's got socials on it and like uh, WeChat and stuff. It's all on there. I just find it weird that they never actually had that conversation about where they lived or anything like that. It's just... It is a major plot hole. It is hole. weird. It is weird. It's a major plot hole, to be honest. It's convenient. But it's, nece- it's necessary for the next bit, though, because the next bit's him when he goes into his, like, crazy obsession of researching where she's from. Drawing and, it for And drawing start. it from memory, which is fantastic. He's seen doing research, because he, he's got the picture of mountains and stuff on his phone that he's referencing. Yeah, he's trying to reference yeah, mountains. Yeah, but and the, the obsession really starts when the body room. swap stops. Yeah. He just becomes consumed by why has this stopped i need to find her yeah he does and i think uh the bits with the maps and that it's a bit strange that he does spend that amount of time my first instinct would be oh well, that was strange well he can't even he doesn't even find anything which leads to him just then going out and just looking he just thinks i'll just jump on a train and i'll try and go somewhere close to where i think it might be yeah he must have like an idea yeah of the of roundabout i have a question these people swapped bodies during their school times did not one of them write the fucking date down on a piece of paper or an exam or something yeah that's true when you were back look in at any school. calendar ever and realize wait the third isn't a tuesday true and they're even surprised uh, during the shrine scene when he goes to the shrine in her body he's even surprised it's a weekend yeah not not oh, one yeah, of them that, in three there, weeks looks. There is that little bit he, before he anything yeah he, he gets dressed for school because he thinks oh well it's a school day and they're like, what are you want about? It's the weekend. And it's like, oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah, so you're right. How the hell did they not know that there's this difference? Just write the fucking date down <laughs> once at school. I had to write down my the date at the top of every piece of paper I fucking wrote on when every I was at school. Lesson. Every single every lesson. Every lesson. That's like five or six times a day. You're yeah. writing the date down with the year. Why did not one of these people pick up but, no, oh let's, wait let's what? not be picky now Come on. let's not be picky <laughs> to an otherwise gorgeous movie so, so eventually he finds the town thanks to the help of that old lady and man inside the restaurant he finds the town then he finds out it's been destroyed for three years and that's when we finally get there's a big ass crater the big reveal 
the huge second crater that he finds. And they haven't really cleaned it up. The... No, it's still a disaster zone three it has years only later. Been three years, so they're not going to rebuild a town. Like, who's going to invest in that? They just haven't touched it. Yeah, yeah who's going to invest in it, it? True. Yeah. Well, the government, I would hope, would have gone, we should probably clean that up. Yeah, but who's going to want to live in the location of. Yeah. Well, no, that? not even live in the location, making it cleared up. I mean, like, you would clear up the mess of a earthquake or something like, like that. Like a memorial site or something. Yeah. You do something, not just right. leave it. How long did. I'm going to. This is dark but how long did the twin towers take to clean like three or four weeks didn't it? i mean the memorial no. only, the memorial only got finished about what five six years ago right and that was a major yeah but that's after they built a brand new tower a tiny one well they built the uh, mu- they built the museum and then the yeah. waterfall but how long did monument? it take to actually clean it up oh, god no to the point where it was a buildable site again was it yeah. like a, i guarantee you a it year? wasn't fucking and this three isn't, years and this isn't a town that's been no, struck by a where's the comet by the way in the lake somewhere, I imagine. We don't see the comet. It doesn't seem that big, to be fair. Well, it's a second circle lake. Is, yeah, but it's, yeah, it's no referenced that it doesn't there, destroy yeah. the whole town. It destroys half of the town. Up to the school. Yeah, and everybody was at the shrine that day. Yeah, because it, it, it was the massive festival. Wasn't yeah. it? Exactly where it hit. Can we just talk about that reference of just like, yeah, it knows exactly where to hit at that moment in time. <laughs> well, There's yeah, a lot of coincidences. It's supposed to get the that these two people saved an entire town but without them knowing they referenced that it's a conspiracy and there was somehow some people knew which is why they moved them all to the school because then it changes from what like 500 deaths to a a few to a few deaths and 500 people were luckily at the school or elsewhere because of an early warning from the mayor which it wasn't the impact zone by the way of that meteor it's not very big at all is it the fucking explosion was yeah the explosion i mean the explosion was fucking massive that shit looked like a spirit bomb hit it, it did. and then ended up with a puddle yeah it was literally like a little pebble being chucked into a lake wasn't it in the end it literally destroyed half the town and then you also see like there's loads of towns and that around this crater area which untouched they're all good we've gone off topic sheeny Oh, you've moved well Bring it back. Me. Yeah, bring it back. Well bring it back. <laughs> Reel that shit back in. I was going to reference the fact that Miss Okadira, after he finds Mizuha's name in Among the Dead, she has that moment where she's sitting with his friend and she actually turns around and says that she's in love with Taki. Does she? Yes. She turns around and says that the man he's become ever since the body swap stopped, she's fell in love with because he's more grown up, more mature. But that's because he's obsessed with focused. a girl. Yeah, I know. Because and she it, know, she does know this. She 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 he's does focused know that. on a tragedy. But she does actually say that she fell in love with him to his friend, which I thought was interesting. Weird. Well, I, I didn't like I, I don't like that idea. That it she's just doesn't like, go oh, anywhere. this guy's so tragic now. I really like him. <laughs> <laughs> he's broken. I love him. <laughs> I must fix him. He also starts to lose his sanity as well. He so, does. Very clearly they does. They do this great though because they give him all they do is give him high bursts of energy yeah. doing frantic stuff rather than him being angry and smashing things. Well, it's he just... forgets her name. Yeah, but this... that's a common thing. They both do that, don't they? They yeah. both forget each other. This is names. the first moment where we're like, oh shit, he's forgetting everything that's happened. Because slowly he starts, he's like, there's this girl I'm in love with, but I can't remember who she well, is. Well, the reference at the school when he's like, hold on a second, I've got it all on my phone. And then it all starts deleting from his phone. Yeah. And we also. The, the band is mentioned as well, the little band on his yeah, wrist. Yeah. I believe if you look earlier on, it's not there until they start altering each other's timelines. So he doesn't initially have this band 
And then when he starts body swapping and the timelines start coming into play, that's what leads her to then visit him. I think it is. Band. Yeah, but I think at the he, start he, he doesn't always, have it. I think he always does though, because at the he? start, if he's he's three years into the future, yeah. isn't he? So at the start of his timeline, it would have been three years ago when he got the band. So if he's got it, then it's a time loop. If he's got the band at the start before the body swap, yet he only actually gets it because of the body swap. But that's because there's a three-year gap between them. So she's visiting... Yeah, but she wouldn't visit Tokyo three... if it wasn't for the body swapping and... Yeah, which is very finding true. Out about yeah, him. So it's like a loop. She goes to Tokyo to find him, but yeah. he hasn't... But yeah, had... he's got the band at the beginning before he swapped bodies with her. Because he time. hasn't... At the point where she is... She he hasn't body swapped with her because he she's body swapping with him in the future. Mm. So three years ago, he knows nothing of the body swaps that are happening. He was just tried to grab this band that this girl threw out, and then he just sort of kept it as a memento, as a good luck thing. And then three years after that point is when he starts having body swaps. Right, because he hasn't had them then. We've dragged this massively away from like. But I'm right though, because there is a three year difference between them, isn't there? Because the disaster You're hasn't happened you. in her timeline, but it, it, it has already happened in his. Are you now talking about the whole theory around like time is in a straight line and actually you in can't this movie change it, is. it? In this movie, it is. You basically can't change it, even though it seems they, like they've changed it. They, they do, haven't changed they it. They do change it because they save all the people. Because in his timeline, in his first timeline, 500 people die. But when he goes back to, to her after drinking her sake stuff in the... Um, the the shrine. He goes back in time and changes and saves it so five hundred people survived. Yeah. So he's gone. There's always a three year time difference between the both of them. You you you're killing me. My brain is like she's going out of my ears. He's going to the past. Yeah. Version of her and the past version of her is going to a future version of him. Yeah. They're not at the same. So point you're in saying time. he's always gonna have the band. He's always had the band. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. No, before make, before he body swapped, before he body swapped, he had the band. He just doesn't remember where he got it because he says, um, "I just had it one day, and it's I've always worn it for good luck." Yeah, no, he's right. No, I am this right. Is, this is Steinsgate. <laughs> like we've got Any, Steins anyway, Gate. he heads to the shrine which you referenced, I and digress. he drinks the sake spit that the she puke. left there three the y- three years old. Well, he leaves puke in a pot. He leaves the hotel and leaves them a message saying, "Just go back to Tokyo." Yeah, God, how rude was he in this yeah. note? Brb. Fuck! It was literally <laughs> brb. Cheers. Gave him a bit of cash. Was like, yeah. all right, off you go. Yeah, thanks for coming halfway across the fucking country with me for a few days to find someone because I'm mental. Brb. <laughs> Which is dead. They're dead. <laughs> Which is dead, by the way. You know they're dead. You saw their dead name in a dead book. <laughs> and then he drinks the the sake spit. Puke. Which leads to visually probably one of the best moments in the film which is the little trippy moment when he falls back when he sees when he goes through her past and and they change they change the artwork when he's doing this trippy becomes much more childish yes and it's amazing yeah i did enjoy um this whole next sequence and this whole scene where it starts to build up and he actually goes back and he realizes he's in Back in her body. Yeah, he wakes up once more in her body for the last... We also get the one of the funnier moments, the sad boob grab. Yeah, oh, the sad boob grab. That's hilarious. I genuinely laughed out a lot. That's so funny when he's the crying. The little sister coming in all the time is hilarious on every boob grab and there's a different reaction every time. <laughs> when he's time. absolutely blaring and he's still grabbing <laughs> the boobs. Fantastic moment. Blaring means crying for our international audience. 
And then we finally get the grandma who notices that that's not Mizuha. Yeah, and and re- and says you're dreaming, aren't you? Yeah. And I think that's supposed to throw us off. Yep. I don't think it's supposed to be a full reveal at this point. I think it's supposed to be that we are supposed to believe that the girl's life is his dream and not something that's real. Yeah. Well, the grandma turns around and says, this happened to your mother, as it did me. And it's you are supposed to believe that this body swapping is like a family genetic tradition. Yeah. I think it's all, when they talk about it, they talk about it's something that's happened with the shrine. Like, because of what happened with the shrine, there was a fire. And well, it's got to have like something that, yeah. to do with their family being traditional and having this responsibility around this sacred shrine that obviously has powers she's constantly talking about weaving time with threads yeah. and making those bands and stuff constantly. and we have always done this and it burnt up in a fire why we were doing this do we remember that the fact yeah. that they say oh the whole reason why we do this thing with a shrine is because nobody can remember why we're doing it which yeah. also references to like well was the reason why they were there for this whole outcome in the end the the next bit confused me as well when he in her body goes to the friends and devises the plan to save the town these guys the, just go along with the it. friends are on board straight away they're done they're like cool let's if do this you guys or one of you came up to me and went by the way the entire town's about to get destroyed by a meteor I'm not who I actually am. In fact, no, he doesn't even ever reveal. I genuinely that think I'd go swapped. along with it and believe you, Jim. You said earlier, save me some Chinese, and I told you to fuck off. You think I'm going along with a plan where you think a meteor is hitting a planet? You're fucking wrong. I think you would run with yeah, that though. Fuck off. Like, you would run maybe with when that. I'm drunk most of the time. I, but... I got, I'd be so every day you'd run with it then. <laughs> if yeah. my if one of you come up to me and was that adamant that. We will die if you don't listen to me right now. I'm just going to go with it. To I'm be fair, go she, with it. if you did it, Great. I'd run down that rabbit hole because I'd be like, all right, let's see where this leads. Awesome. Two out of three of us are mental. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah, 100%. Like, I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing with that. Let's see where this rabbit What's hole leads. What's the worst case if I'm wrong? Death. <sighs> they blow up a power station. Yeah. I mean, I mean they, become, yeah. they become terrorists. No, yeah, they <laughs> literally become, become uh, terrorists. It's stupid. She smacks her dad. Like, grabs him by the throat. Well, yeah. The, the it, collar, I should say. That is and the following bit when he goes to see the dad. He gives up really easily, by the way. He does. And he, he asks, who are you? The dad even turns around and goes, who are you? You're not my daughter. Well, it's actually the bit where he says to him about, oh, the town is going to be destroyed and that. And literally the mayor says, what are you on about? If you're actually being serious about this, you must be ill. You need to go to hospital. But the ga- the, we see the, the normal dad is, response. The dad is a straight shooter, isn't he? The Grayson he? response. But I'll say it again. Gives up too easy. Yeah, he does. There's no fight in this person for... Considering he literally was like, everything was throw away, throw away, throw away. He's so adamant to stick to his guns on this particular thing. It just It doesn't seem like a steady character. No. And then it jumps. From that moment on, it jumps to her visit to Tokyo. Or, well, the sister references it first. The sister comes up to her and goes, why are you acting weird? Why did you go to Tokyo yesterday? And we're like, oh, hold on a minute. She went to Tokyo? And that sets that scene up after that. Which you see really early in the movie, by the way. It's like one of the first things you actually see is them meeting and her giving the band. Yeah, it's part of the first visual art in the, is it the intro music? I think it's the intro music, yeah. Yeah. Well, he he runs off to the shrine after being told that she's visited Tokyo. He then does this dramatic bike ride i don't understand why he does that actually there's no context to why he's going to the shrine is there there's no actually reason why they go to the shrine he hears a sound or gets a feeling because 
he turns around and goes, you're there, aren't you? Would he not naturally assume that if he swapped bodies with her again, he swapped with her at the moment he left his body? Maybe he's worked it out and she hasn't. Yeah, because he, he thinks if I'm in her body, then she must be in mine. And where I was left was at the shrine. If you're in my body, then I'm in your body. <laughs> and I'd use your body to climb to the top. <laughs> There's a lot of phrasing going on in this. <laughs> Ace Ventura too. Oh, no. I, I got the reference. But anyway, we get the Tokyo scene where she goes to see him. And she spends the whole day running around trying to find out where he is, who he is. Again, happenstance. Runs into him on the train. Yeah, but it's poetic. It's part of the yeah, film. Yeah, it's supposed to be like, it is a romantic And then movie. we find out about the whole ribbon in the hair given to him. Three years earlier. I will allow this bullshit to continue at this moment. And it all leads to probably one of the best scenes of the film, which is when they both meet at the shrine at the top. Magic hour. The witching hour. Yeah. When they finally see each other. Well, the moment when they're just crossing paths and they feel. Well, they can hear each other. The little bell bell rings, doesn't it? And it's. Yeah, that was a nice poetic moment when they finally meet. I do find it funny, though, when they finally meet and she's like, how did this happen? And he's like, I drank the sake. Oh, yeah, the boot grabbing is better. (laughs) I drank the sake and she's like, oh, you're a pervert. And then then she starts referencing the boobies. And he's (laughs) like, I only did it once. I thought it was brilliant. And then she's like, doesn't matter how many times. (laughs) Enjoyable. Well, the next bit that I would say around that bit is the where they start talking to each other and they're like, oh, so what is your name? Maybe we should write it down. And they go to write it down well, just, and yeah. then it just cuts it. And that bit is amazing for Did me. Did you not see that bit coming? I, I no. saw it coming, but it still hit me like a freight train. No, I didn't yeah. see it coming. I, I saw that one of them was going to get to write their name down and the other one, it was going to, Witching Hour was going to end the moment that Emotionally, that it was a devastating moment. Yeah, because they realise, oh shit, that's it. There's no, there's nothing, we we won't see each other now. Why didn't he pick the pen up really quickly and write, and write her fucking name down? He does Because he it. remembers it and he says it over and over again. And then the moment he actually decides to pick the pen up and write it down, forgets. Because he's a mental patient. Or is that supposed to be a bit of the magic behind it that, okay, he can remember it, but as soon as he goes to write it down, he forgets? Yeah, possibly. Yeah, I didn't even think that might be a thing but if he did write it down would it then have disappeared like all the references on his phone did well no No, because her writing doesn't disappear yeah but her writing isn't a name or anything there's no Mm. reference to anything except some basic words spoilers spoilers it just says i love you so that could literally be anything and is it to prove that love transverses transverses time yeah i think the whole message of the film is is basically that yeah yeah it does kind of go along with the message of the, the, film. the music as well at the moment when he forgets her name and he's standing there is just so well done and he screams like what's your name who are you yeah why am i here what am i doing here why am i on this mountaintop so they return to their original bodies and she has to go and basically complete it herself. He leaves it with her. He's like, it's all on your shoulders now. You need to convince your dad because I couldn't do it. Well, and- no. Uh, first of all, they, they decide to try and action the plan without confronting her father and just sagate that by literally just blowing up the power plant and saying, from the school Yeah, using radio? the school system. Yeah, they hack into like the town speakers. And like some people go, but some people don't. This is it. No one really listens. None. This is an emergency broadcast with air raid. There's actual physical explosions going off and everyone's just wandering around. Oh, with sorry. people running around going, get to the school, get to the school. With an air raid siren going, get to the school, get to the school. And no one budges. They're like, but the lanterns. 
<laughs> the festival's going on, guys. I didn't get it. I didn't get why the townspeople weren't frantic. Yeah, or even just some of them moving would have been nice. Or a bit of concern. Like, we learned that it saves all their lives, but there should have been some sort of visual for us to see it happening when it was going on because yeah. we just learned that no one was budging no one was budging and then right at the end you're like 500 people survived well, how well because well, the, the mayor interrupts with the, really pissed me off when he fucking interrupts spoils the plan and then's like everyone stay where you are killing the plan by the way yeah basically killing the plan and then the comet splits as well so <laughs> to add all of the fucking pressure Mayor interrupts his broadcast everything's fine everyone stay where you are the comet splits which he was told would happen at that moment, when you actually physically see the comet split, wouldn't you be like, whoever that was that came to see me in my daughter's body, they're probably right. I think that the father is a little bit too practical and set in his ways. Way too much. His character just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, though. I like, have... He's just uptight. I have a major problem with this scene as well, because she starts running, doesn't she? Down she, the mountain. She gets hat. And dramatic she tumble. Yeah, she trips over. And rolls about six times. This, this like, is the, the yeah. only scene where the animation... That's a football <laughs> reference right there. Good God. This is the only scene where the animation kind of fails a little bit is when it needs to quickly do something. Yeah. The art style takes a bit of a tumble too. However, I did love the moment when she opens her palm and it just says, I love you. Yeah, it's very nice when she love goes, that. what's your name? And then she opens the palm and it just, uh, yeah. I love that moment. Yeah, I do, and it seems like she gets a little bit more motivation and she realises that she's going to have to confront her father. Yeah. But what I don't like from this bit right after the I love you is the lack of a scene of her confronting her father. So we see her storm in to the mayor's office, but we don't see the confrontation. We don't see the family feud being resolved. We just get we the get next We bit. get the look of determination on her face. That's about it. We need the confrontation. We don't need it. Her standing up to her dad is enough. Her, But we never see it. We, we don't do. see she, her She grabs up. him by the collar no, and pulls he him. Grabs no, that him. was the prior bit. What? No, that's this bit. No, she storms no. in. No, she just storms in, stares at him, gave, gives him like a death stare, and then it cuts. Oh, maybe you're right. I am right on that. And yeah, that, they lack the confrontation with the father because we never get it explained how she manages to actually we set up a family it. feud which needs to be resolved and it never gets resolved on screen but does it well the only part we need to take about it from no the dad i'm not having this last week dad... on sort out online you said there wasn't a scene around it we're left well, up to our imagination yeah but in a series you have the time to explore that type of stuff in a movie that has to be cut down to already over two hours yeah is it important that she confronts her dad or is it just important that her dad knows the difference between when he's in her body and when she's in her body? Still don't see that. We still don't we see, do any see that. We do see that. No. The dad recognises when it's not her. He says, you're not my daughter. But when she storms in the second time, he fully knows that's her, even though she has changed. True. Nothing is said. It she doesn't need to be. The context wall. is all in the imagery. Not having this, it's like a two-minute scene which would then finalise her family feud and actually would resolve that whole thing that they've been setting up throughout the entire movie about her having father, father problems, problems with her father. Daddy issues. <laughs> I, I was Call it what it is. Fine. <laughs> having daddy issues. Yeah, I, I'm not having this this time. But the dad's story is kind of explained in that moment when he goes back in her body and sees her past. Yeah. We see that the father, devastated by the loss of her mother, 
turns around and says, like, I was only part of the family and did all the traditional stuff because of your mother. I can't do it anymore. Yeah, I, I loved your mother, not the shrine. Yeah. So we, we, we kind of understand him more because of that moment. We do, but they still never resolve it in this movie. It's resolved in the imagery. Her standing up to her dad is enough. Her storming into his office is a power move on her part. Learn to film. No. James they wants never contact. They James need. wants the word. It he needs, needs the word. to. It Daddy, needs to I'm not happy. <laughs> well, no. Papa, I'm here to resolve an issue. The first thing we see is he tries to resolve it and he flat out refuses. Then they actually physically go and blow up a power station and they still, he still doesn't believe that she's actually trying to be telling the truth and actually nulls it off. But also at this moment, the comet's split. So the dad should really recognise at that point something's not right or she was telling the truth. So when she comes in that last time, he might already be swaying to the side of no, maybe but, she was yeah, right. And we get, the context later. we get the context later that it is the mayor's idea to evacuate to the school. That he takes full full. Uh, uh, he has to, otherwise he nobody would listen. That. Yeah, exactly. They he even say that. they have to get the fire brigade out to handle it, otherwise people won't yeah. believe it. He takes full credit for that and all you get at the end is conspiracy theories about it because some people don't believe it was the mayor. I'm, I'm telling you that there needed to be a small scene. It's, you're saying it's a two-hour, right. almost two-hour movie, right. and they can't spare an extra two minutes to have a conversation but with stuff that is already contextually there via imagery. We don't need it. We don't need the daddy, I'm angry at you. This entire movie has not had a contextual piece. It's, everything's been referenced or had small smidges of what's going to happen later. Yeah. This is the only time that they go, ah, no, no, no. So no. why change the pattern? No. We don't, we don't care about the, the daughter-father relationship. We care about the two of them. They are the focus point of this movie. I wasn't bothered that it wasn't there. No, exactly. I was. It needed this context. I it needed this reference. I more about you with your daddy issues <laughs> than anything else. Anyway, we cut to the comet strike. One of the best visual moments as well in the film. Yeah, it was fantastic. (laughs) You can't deny the comet strike and the devastation scene was fantastic. The explosion was very overdone, I think, for the damage that was actually done by the explosion. Tell that to the dinosaurs. I I don't think the dinosaurs were hit with something that was the size of a taxi. I didn't need to see the scene. You didn't need to see a meteor hit. Uh, which the entire movie could, could have used is that time to around. explain the dad <laughs> evacuating the town. Don't give me the context of the movie. No. I need this daddy don't bit. Don't give me this visual we masterpiece of a scene. comic strike. <laughs> I want to see the dad scene. resolve his problems. We Jim, already have it in context. Jim, Jim's gonna have. <laughs> we already know. Jim's that gonna, gonna have an strike. Austin Powers three moment where he's just <laughs> daddy, daddy, daddy wasn't there. <laughs> You're fine with having no context on this. There was context! There was context in the fucking visuals! Not having this. Get it through your skull, you ape motherfucker! There was context (laughs) in the art. You didn't need it in the fucking words. The script didn't need doing. I didn't need it on screen then that the meteor... You didn't need it on screen! You needed it! The whole movie is about the fucking meteor and them two swapping bodies. What daddy's doing off to the side for five fucking seconds is not important. I believe this was all about the family feud. This needed to be... It's not about the family feud! No, it's... It's (laughs) It's really not! It's a romantic fantasy. Uh Meteor strike for 100. That's a family feud. Anyway, after the comet strike... I just got that! (laughs) (laughs) You finally got it! For fuck me! (laughs) We survey, jump- says. <laughs> survey says 
we jump from the comet strike to Taki waking up. And he's got no memory of anything that's happened to him prior. And we find out that it's five years in the future. We've gone forward five years since the comet strike. However, he has still got this random... He references that he had a random obsession with the incident that happened when the comet struck. And we find out that obviously the majority of the people in the town were saved because they evacuated the high school. And it was, as you said, the the mayor mayor. who did it. Then we get the bit when he's in the cafe. And there's that really good moment where the two friends of Tachibana are in there having a conversation and he overhears them. And he sort of, that sort of nudges him and he's like, hold on a minute, I recognise those voices. That was nice though, because he didn't recognise those voices as him. He recognised those voices when he was her. Yeah. Which is quite nice. Was it like a deja vu moment? Yeah, I think it was was more of a a deja vu kind of feeling than a actual memory. Also, I did like the reference around the first thing he ever says to him is, you two would make a good couple. And what are they doing? They're picking out wedding stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't even pick that up. Yeah, yeah, you're right. We also get the frustrating moment when they pass each other on the bridge in the rain. Yeah, fuck that pissed me off. Genuinely, oh. This is where the movie duped me. I went, oh, this is going to end really nice on this really nice bridge scene yeah. and umbrellas and oh, it's going to be cute. Is that? No, no, we've, no. Got, we've got another 20 minutes. They Buckle both, in. They both stop and look back at different moments and it's so frustrating. It's more natural, but yeah, it is frustrating. Yeah. Okay. You look like you're about to say something. <laughs> I really want to say they spent another 10, 15 minutes with this trying to find each other. They could have spent a couple of minutes on that. Uh, <laughs> no, no, we're not going back to daddy issues. We finally get it in the train scene. The What we've been hoping for, what we hope for at the bridge scene. We get the train when they are in opposite trains and they sort of stop at the one moment on the same platform. Again, we get this at the start. They're both on the trains. Yep. And then the finish is them both on the trains and then they see each other. This is the difference from the start. I thought it was going to happen again. I thought the trains were going to pull away and they weren't going to I, be able I to thought get together. The tra- I thought it was like a pause for a second that the trains were just passing each just other. Just slowly it, starting It was literally again. just a, at that frame, it stopped because they noticed each other and then they were going to carry on just zooming past at yeah. full speed. But instead we get the them exact- both running from both stations. And, and they sort of reference that they've been searching or they've been missing something. And they reference that... A feeling. Yeah, they have this feeling that they've been searching or longing for and something. And that they forgot something. Yeah. Something that was important to them. And then when they finally meet on the stairs, they get that moment where they're, like, nervous. Well, no, it's I think like, it's hold like on a minute. disbelief. I don't think that they fully believe what they feel and what they remember. Yeah. It's kind of like a faded kind of did i make that up did i not make it up was it some teenage dream or was it real and they both have that same feeling at the same time it's that feeling that everybody gets when they recognize somebody but they don't want to make a fool of themselves you want by to say saying, their name in yeah. case it's not right yeah. in case it's not them yeah. without saying hold on a minute are you i've had that feeling before and i've got it wrong plenty of times but they do a good job of teasing you once again when they walk past each other on the stairs because the you think they're gonna time. walk off again the third time you get teased of will they finally say something and then he does it. He stops. Tacky stops at the top of the stairs. And it and finishes with, excuse me, have we met before? And he says, can I ask your, your name? name? I love yeah. that bit. It ends really well. Yeah. It ends really and then well the, with the, the title fade, of the movie. Uh, fade in music. Oh, God, the music so again. Good. This it band is amazing. is amazing. Like four songs in this movie are theirs and every single one of them is a banger. Yeah. I, I think the music again fits every single situation from the comet striking 
from her running down the mountainside to them on the mountainside. All of it is incredible music and soundtrack. So what was your favourite bits and your favourite scene? Uh, my favourite scene was um, actually a very um, small part of the movie. Um, I think I referenced it earlier about Miyamizu when she realises that she's in Tokyo and she's in technically from where her view a dream of tokyo so the balcony scene where yeah, she goes and sees the it balcony and sunrise scene. and i just think it's an amazing scene and it's so well done with the music with the art style with it gives you tokyo from her view how grand it is and how gorgeous she she sees it whereas this lad would see it every day as just yeah. normal life yeah it's not even like a major scene but for some no. reason it resonated with me quite a lot more than yeah and the music makes it work so much it really built it up to be this this amazing visual and audio experience it's her dream for, for two seconds yeah it's her dream of tokyo but actually it's tokyo in real life from this perspective which is why i enjoyed it so much uh my favorite scenes are any scene where the little sister caught her grabbing her boobs or doing something the, weird the laugh out loud the, li- the little sister made those scenes it had nothing to do with with main characters grabbing or you know working out how to pee for the first time in the opposite gender's body it was just how such americanized this little sister was with the jokes <laughs> that just came flying from she, her she's grabbing her boobies again yeah running to grandma <laughs> yeah those moments are brilliant that those bits of comical relief were needed but, I think. yeah it, it resets you for an emotional kind of roller coaster it gives you a chance to kind of reset everything to a, a zero so you can build yeah. up again for me my favorite scene has to be when they finally meet during the witching hour see that was a close second for me definitely yeah it was up there that moment where they cross and the bell rings and then they finally the sun sort of goes to set and they finally meet each other for the first time it's a beautiful love that moment. moment. Yeah. And I also love the moment when she disappears and the pen drops. Oh yeah, that's a that's a massive like fuck you moment. It's an amazing moment, devastating moment, but an amazing moment when he screams what's your name? I on, wanted on this to be a little longer. I wanted some sort of tiny little montage of just them two having a normal conversation for the first time ever. Even if you just hear little bits of it. We get just, the awkwardness, don't we? Yeah, we, we get that awkwardness, but I wanted them to just be sat down for a little bit like cross-legged looking at twilight hour yeah and having a conversation even if it's fast forwarded through 30 seconds of just a montage of them in different positions a little bit more dialogue yeah so you understand that they're having a conversation it it looks like it lasts minutes rather than the hour maybe him sort of actually saying like i've actually wanted to meet you for so long that's or even asking her like did you come to tokyo because yeah he doesn't mention it we met before and tease that that later on where he does it on the stairs again have we met yeah it would have been really nice to just have it a bit longer it was gorgeous as it was i think it would have just stretch out a little bit and make us kind of feel that they're having a conversation for the first time no no that's fine i agree with that i still think that is a close second for me though that scene so we're gonna rate it how many comets out of 10 are we gonna give it i'm going for a 7.8 on the richter scale for that one out of 10 i would give this a straight up eight and a half to nine i'm going with nine comets myself this movie did literally everything right bar a few simple mistakes which are so forgivable that you sort of ignore them when you're watching it this movie would have made a great series yeah 
It yeah. would have, because the montage that skipped when they're body swapping lives and stuff like that, that would have all made a fantastic series. As a series, it would have been great. It could have been an episode per body, so her and his body, and you would have had to work out who's in whose. Yeah. So if it's her in her body, his in her body, or yeah. the other way around per episode, without it giving you the context to do that, would have been a fantastic and funny series to watch. Yeah. Wouldn't have been as emotional, though. No. My, my score is based solely on this is a movie. You have to consider the fact that they tried to fit in everything they wanted to fit in within a sort of a two hour frame. So on that basis, I can't score it the same as I would a series. Hence why I give it a nine, because as a movie, it was amazing. It's phenomenal. This I watched it once and this hit this hit so hard emotionally and hit every beat that it seemed like it wanted to hit at the right time. There was no kind of off pacing or anything. It built up and slowed down and built up and slowed down as you felt it was natural to do so. It wasn't a roller coaster. It was more of rolling hills. Pulled on the heartstrings at the moment yeah, you needed it to. Just enough as well. Just enough. So where it wasn't like overwhelming and you didn't kind of feel, oh, I'm really sad. This two hour experience has really shook me up. It was two hours of, oh, there's a funny bit. And, you know, that's a sad bit. That's a sad bit. This is a lovable bit. I mean, I will take on board what you guys said. Um, from my point of view, uh, the reason why I got it 7.8 was... Because didn't have a daddy scene? No, it's not even that. I just feel that, um, for me, it didn't resonate probably as much as it did with you guys. And it's not my sort of movie genre normally. It's not something that I would normally watch, so maybe it doesn't hit as hard. Um, I agree with... I love the soundtrack, love the cinematography, but I'm, I believe that this didn't hold my attention as much as some other types of movies do. Um, for my... I watched this twice, so I watched it the first time, sort of gathered it, referenced it, understood the sort of plot, went back a second time to see if I was missing anything, like, okay, so did I miss anything, was there anything that, um, to more of a critique it, so the first time just to get a feel for the movie, and the second time just to uh, go and critique the full movie, and the first time it didn't really have that resonation with me, and that's how I sort of got to the 7.8 from my point of view. It didn't hit as hard as what it probably did hit you guys, to be I, fair. I lean harder to these sort of animes, though. The, like, K-On! and uneventful, no fighting, like, just adventures of I like of a rich story. People. Yeah, just adventures of people rather than put in a scenario. It is just exploring emotions and normal everyday life stuff with a bit of a twist. All the moments in this film are what led to me giving it a nine. The the general hints, the sort of how one bit at the beginning connects to the next bit, connects to the next bit, which is then comes together at the end. The story was so well put together for me. And you chuck the soundtrack on top of that and it's just perfection. The soundtrack is icing on, on that cake. It, I will agree the soundtrack, the art, if this, amazing. If this had a different soundtrack, it would have dropped maybe two points, three points for yeah. me. The soundtrack is that good and fits so well, it deserves that much recognition. So we've got to give it an overall. I'll lean more to your side, guys, because again, like it's 2v1. I think that the emotion... You guys had more of an emotional attachment to this movie than I probably did. So I'm happy with an 8.5 or something like that. 8.5 is fine with me, yeah. 8.5? Yeah. So that's 8.5 comets out of 10. And on that note, it's time for us to chuff off again. All you summoners can join us next time where we'll be talking through episode 1 to 6 of High School of the Dead. If you've got any questions or queries or just want to see what we're up to, you can join us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook at How Not to Summon. I've been Sheenie Senpai. I've been Jim. I've been Grayson. Bye. See ya. Tara.
なくなる君のすべてをこの目に焼き付けておくことはもう権利なんかじゃない義務だと思うんだ Okay. 